What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, there were a lot of announcements by the NFL today because spring meetings were taking place. Owners were together and some rules were approved. Some others were not. It was announced that uh, a draft is going to take place on Lambeau Field. It's actually going to take place inside Lambeau Field. So I think that's going to be fun, actually. A Super Bowl for Santa Clara for San Francisco was announced as well. But in more relevant news, in more pressing news for the Cowboys and for every other NFL team, there was a quarterback rule that was approved. Now, reading it at first, many people might have been confused. I know I was confused. But after breaking it down, we kind of understood the meaning behind all of it. So we'll break it down tonight. We'll talk about how it impacts the Cowboys, if at all, and who is the one player that is actually the most impacted by uh, this rule, which is kind of obvious, but we'll dive into whether or not it will mean anything. uh, Because it's it's difficult to kind of like really interpret how teams are going to react to such an approval. And long story short, for those of you who maybe missed the news, the NFL owners approved what is being called the emergency quarterback rule. Here's how it works, basically, in basic terms, and then we'll break down some of the details. Teams are going to be allowed to carry a third quarterback on the active game day roster, and he doesn't have to be, or he won't count, towards the active player's limit on game day. But it has a little bit more details that we need to break down. So I will do that really quickly. But right off the bat, for those of you who maybe did check out the news and maybe did kind of like understand what it's all about, let me know in the chat, do you like or dislike the new rule by the NFL to keep a third quarterback on the on the active roster list without him counting towards the active list. Now, I'll break it down a little bit further if you want. Now, Toxic Tom says bunch of third string quarterbacks just thank the NFL for job security. And we'll break it down because, you know, that was my initial reaction. But the more that I think about it, the more that I kind of wonder how much of an impact it really will have on how NFL teams approach things. And that is exactly the conversation that I want to have. So I love that comment by Toxic Tom because it is an interesting rule and I'm looking forward to breaking it down. So some context. Let's dive into some context before we move on here. How the NFL rule actually works. How do roster rules work? Essentially, you have your 53-man roster, right? And any given week, you can call up two players to the active game day roster from practice squad. So you can essentially work with a 55-man roster, uh, quote-unquote, for for game day. But the point of it is 
when the game actually takes place, you can only suit up 48 of your players as long as you're carrying eight offensive linemen. Because if you're not carrying eight offensive linemen, then you can have a maximum of 47 players suiting up for, for game day. But let's let's kind of ignore that for a second, and let's call it 48 players. You can have 48 active players for any given game day. Now, on top of that, the league will allow play, uh, teams to have basically a 49th man suited up, but he will be an emergency third quarterback. The league is thinking about what happened between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game of this year when we suddenly were watching Christian McCaffrey play quarterback for the 49ers. Essentially, the league maybe does not want to see that happen again, and they're giving teams the option to carry a third quarterback for game day uh, without penalizing them for a active game day uh, spot, right? However, there's a problem with the rule, and I like it. I don't have anything against the rule, but here's where it gets pretty tricky for me. That third emergency quarterback has to be a member of the 53-man roster. So you cannot stash a guy on practice squad and have him suit up for games that you call him up for. He needs to be on the 53-man roster. The immediate reaction from many is, you know, that means that the team has now an incentive to carry a third quarterback on the 53-man roster in order to benefit from this rule. Because if you carry two guys, or if you maybe have an extreme approach to things like the Cowboys did last year, and you start the season with just one quarterback on the roster, and you call up the, the backup for two games before you actually sign him to the team, then you don't get the benefit from this rule. You don't get to suit up a number three quarterback. Now, many people will say it would be dumb not to do it. It would be dumb not to carry a third quarterback, but I'm not entirely sure about it. And we'll we'll talk about why in a few moments. Before we do that, though, let me say hi in the chat. We've got Toxic Tom. Uh, we've got Bruce saying that he likes the rule change. Gregory dislikes it. Uh, Chalk says, I like the rule. Toxic Tom says, does it have to be a quarterback or can you carry an extra offensive lineman and he's QB3? Well, <laughs> wait, what? Nah, now nah, you cannot... It, it has to be a quarterback. I'm okay with it, says Stephen White. I like it, says Jeremiah. We're here in the YouTube chat. Let's see. Bruce says, remember a few years ago when Denver had to play wide receiver at quarterback? I bet that they love this rule. Now, here's where it gets kind of weird, though. I'm going to reframe this question. NFL teams have shied away from carrying a third quarterback on the roster not all of them not all of them uh, and there might be a majority of them that do carry a third quarterback on the roster but if you don't do it if you're like the Cowboys that in recent years have not carried three guys on the 53-man roster would this rule make you change your approach if you are a team that does not carry three quarterbacks does this rule really change your mind let me know in the chat i think that this is where things get interesting uh while you do that and before i give you my answer and spoiler alert my explanation of 
what it, what the impact could be for the Cowboys, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the write-off week is here. From Freeman Mazda, a family-owned business has been so for over 65 years, and you can check out their wide range of new and used vehicles over at their car dealership in Irving, Texas. You can also browse through their wide range of vehicles at FreemanMazda.net, and in there, you can see the features of every car, you can see pictures of the inside and outside of every vehicle, and that includes, of course, the Freeman Mazda, ride of the week which in this case it is the new 2024 mazda cx90 2.5 premium plus all-wheel drive this is a hybrid plug-in hybrid electric vehicle by the way it starts at 58 grand 475 dollars it's got all-wheel drive wi-fi hotspot third row seating a sunroof and rear air conditioning you can check it out over at FreemanMazda.net and see all of the features in there. So my question for me to you is, would this rule change how you do things? Happy birthday to Tyler Brown and Gay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Toxic Tom says, while Dak has been hurt, I will go with no. I think that using the practice squad and calling up a guy after the game is more pragmatic. I'm also assuming that if we lose Dak, we are losing uh, that game. <laughs> Y'all are having fun in the YouTube chat again. If you get down to the third quarterback, you're hurting anyways, is Martin. Exactly. And Cal Shanahan talked about this after the NFC Championship game last year. And you guys remember that story. You know, the 49ers basically ran out of quarterbacks. Brock Purdy got hurt. Johnson got hurt. Uh, and then they got into a situation in which Christian McCaffrey was playing quarterback for them in the NFC Championship game. Now, that being said, Kyle Chanahan talked about this after that game. And he said that it had never happened to him in over 20 years of coaching. To, uh, for another coach, it hadn't happened in 45 years of coaching. And he mentioned that carrying a third quarterback is something that is going to hurt your team in one game out of a thousand. Now, that's the beauty of the rule, that if you already carry a, three, a third quarterback on your roster, then you can suit him up. But if you're a team that sees more value in carrying, say, a seventh cornerback or maybe a seventh wide receiver or a fourth tight end, or a tenth offensive lineman, if you see more value in carrying a player that it's either solid depth for your team or maybe a top-tier special teamer, then there's more value to that than carrying a guy that is very unlikely to see the playing field in the first place. And I think that's why we have been seeing fewer and fewer teams carrying that third quarterback in the first place. I think that... If you have a philosophy and you say, you know what, the anatomy that I want for my 53-man roster does not include a third quarterback, I do not think that this rule is enough to change that philosophy. I don't think that. So, for example, I think that for the Cowboys, the way that it could, you know, impact the Cowboys is that Will Greer might be likelier to have a job. 
in the 53-man roster for Dallas. Because if the Cowboys see enough value in getting a third guy suited up at quarterback, then they might be willing to carry Will Rear over, say, uh, I mean, if it, I'm not going to say a fullback just because of the Mike McCarthy uh, particular case, but say a, a one more cornerback, one more wide receiver, one more safety, one more cornerback. But at the same time, I just don't think that they, that that will happen. I think that the Cowboys will rather have a special teamer on the team or a guy that can provide some solid backup services at another position. And as you guys have said already, as you guys have already said in the chat, you're going to get a situation in which if you are already down to Will Greer, like are you really hoping to win that game? And this might be ironic because the Cowboys just won four games with a backup quarterback last year and then one game before that. But I don't see the value there. I don't see enough value there to, to you know, sacrifice your philosophy just to make the most out of that rule. That might not come into play very often. Now, some more details on the rule. That emergency quarterback cannot play if the other two quarterbacks are not hurt, and if one of them is at one point ready to return to the field, then the emergency quarterback can uh, must stop playing. Then, if he gets re-hurt, the, the second guy or the first guy, then he can play again. But he can only enter the field if your top two guys are hurt at the QB position. Now, that's one of the rules. The other key rule, as I said before. He has to be in the 53-man roster. If it was a practice squad thing, then it would be a fantastic rule, in my opinion, that every team would like to exploit. But I just don't see it uh, being that big of a deal after thinking about it and breaking it down a little bit. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, if you're having to play your third-string quarterback, it's like fixing a bayonet in combat. Yep, that is true. That is true. How often were multiple quarterbacks heard on one team in the same game? Talk about it's not your day. Exactly. So I agree with that. And I just don't see it being a big deal. And if I had to bet, no. The Cowboys are not carrying three quarterbacks on the roster when it's all said and done. Tyler says, Will Greer versus Dennis Houston. Will Greer versus Dennis Houston for that final roster spot. Will Greer would beat the Texans. It's toxic, Tom. <laughs> But yeah, Tyler is talking about Dennis Houston. And Toxic Tom says he doesn't even need the 10, the other, the 10 other offensive players. Man, I, I really don't know what to make of the Texans. Like, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to be a winning team or that they're even going to get close to being an, an even record team or close to it. But I will say that I'm tempted to taking the over on their win total for 2023. Not because of C.J. Stroud. Not because of, you know, having added players like Dalton Schultz or anything like that. I just think that they raised the floor a little bit over there in Houston. Maybe the upside is still not there, but they do play in the AFC South. And that's kind of a weak division right now. Even with Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, it is a weak division. They can get away with some wins here and there. And they did add many players that in my opinion, raised the floor a little bit because maybe there were not splash free agent signings, but there were tiny signings across the entire roster. And I could see them being just a tiny little bit better. I could see that 
Plus, I do think that Demico Ryan's uh, is a good head coach. I think that Bobby Slowick could be a good offensive coordinator right off the bat. They added Jack Mason at offensive line. They extended uh, Larry Mid-Tunsil. They have some stuff going on. They drafted a center. Not going to lie. I low-key want to take that over in, in the win totals. I want to put together a show in which we go through various win totals and we make a bet on them. I think that May is a perfect month to do that. Uh, so I'll probably do that and we'll have some fun talking about some teams here and there. I also want to put together like a playoff projection and spe especially to dive into which teams could be the new kids on the block with the way that the playoffs go in the NFL. Tommy says, so Mo, you think the Texans could beat out the Jacks in the AFC South? No, I don't think so. I think they could win a game against the Jaguars, yeah. But no, nah, I think that the Jaguars are taking the AFC South. I also have questions about the Jaguars. Like, that is a team that finished as the 30th best passing defense in the NFL last year for Football Outsiders ZVOA. So even though I love Trevor Lawrence and I like what the Jaguars are building, I mean, I don't see them as this perfectly built team. Like their offensive line is also questionable. Uh, Cam Robinson is going to be suspended to start the season. So you're betting on first round rookie Anton Harrison on the right side and Walker Little on the left side. It's going to be weird for the Jaguars. Houston is a baseball time town, right? Moses toxic Tom. He's just he's just balling me. Pant will be the third quarterback. So Stephen White. Oh, could you imagine that? <laughs> he did have one passing touchdown with the Tennessee Bulls. So Princeton fan, the UDFA tight end. <laughs> maybe maybe he could be the third string quarterback. All kidding aside, like if the Cowboys do not make the most out of that rule, who is the emergency QB of the Cowboys? Is there one? Because I know that maybe Cedric Wilson was at one point. But I don't know right now who's your emergency quarterback or if you just wildcat the whole thing with Deuce Vaughn and Tony Pollard running the show. I would like that. I wouldn't mind that. I would like to see some wildcat there. <laughs> Anyways, moving on a little bit here from the quarterback rule. I mean, I wanted to dive into it because it dominated the news cycle today. And I thought there would be questions about it. So I figured why not dive into it and how it impacts the Cowboys. Pretty much my answer is not at all. I don't think that the Cowboys carry Will Greer on the roster just for the sake of, of having him suit up as the emergency guy. Although I will, I will say this. If the Cowboys had drafted somebody, right? If they had taken a developmental project late in the NFL draft, then this would be awesome news because you, you, would, you wouldn't have to worry about who suit up on game day. Like you're already carrying him on the roster, might as well benefit from it. I'm interested in seeing how many teams change their philosophy there. But anyways, moving on, there was another, there was another rule change in the NFL today. And this one was more of a controversial one. Long story short, the NFL is now allowing flexing Thursday night football games. My question from me to you in the chat is, 
fair or foul? Is this new rule fair or foul? Now, let me read to you exactly how it works, right? Because it's also a little bit weird of a, of a rule change. Basically, this is how it reads. The NFL will have the capacity to flex a limited number of late season Thursday night football games on Amazon Prime. Now, they do need to do that with a warning of, what is it, 20? Let me find the exact number of days that they need to let it be known. 28 days. So say that you buy tickets for week 13, Thursday night football game, Seattle Seahawks at Dallas Cowboys. Say that you buy those tickets. 28 days before that, the NFL might say, oh, that's actually not going to be the Thursday night football game. That's a lot of days. Giants owner John Mara called the proposal abusive of fans because the logic was, man, if you, if you change the Thursday night game to Sunday, that's different from changing a Sunday noon game to Sunday night football. That's happening on the same day your travel plans are unlikely to be affected if you are indeed traveling to the game. But if you already have your plane tickets, if you already have your hotel room for that Thursday night game, and then they switch up on you and they tell you, oh, that game is actually taking place on Sunday. And the same for the game that is actually being flexed into Thursday night football. Like all of your travel plans go to the trash. Like they're, they're, they're garbage from one moment to another. So is that fair or foul? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about the NFL's rule change? Now, I will say this. The fact that it is 28 days of warning helps. <laughs> I also wonder, once the NFL has taken this small step in 2023, will one year from now... Will the NFL be saying, oh, yeah, we're going to cut down down. We're going to cut that down to two weeks because that sounds very likely. That was the original proposal. The original proposal was we're going to give everyone a two-week warning. That was declined with John Mara leading the charge. And now it is. it has been bumped up to 28 days. I think it's a matter of time before they cut that down back to two weeks. Tyler Browning says, I just wrote about it and I still don't know what the rule entails. <laughs> maybe, maybe not what you, maybe, maybe you don't want to put that out there. <laughs> maybe, maybe let me review it really quickly. Let me hop off right time and review it, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. Basically it. So from week 13 to week 17, and that does include a Cowboys game, by the way which is the Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys, the league can say, we're going to take a Sunday game. We're going to push it up to Thursday night football. And then the Thursday night football game that was originally scheduled to take place, that's going to be relegated to Sunday. It's difficult to break it down because, okay, my immediate reaction, yeah, it is, oh, come on, NFL owners suck. They, are, they do not care about fans. It sucks, right? That's my original reaction to it. The more that I think about it, though, the more that I can see 
what the NFL is thinking here and why they are willing to risk angering those NFL fans that maybe have already purchased the tickets that are already have their plans set in stone for maybe uh, the planes, the hotel, all of that. Jerry Jones said that only 7% of fans have been to an NFL stadium. We were talking about this on the ADC Sports chat, and we were talking about whether or not that number could be real because it sounds surprisingly low, like only 7% of the fans of the NFL have gone to a stadium. That sounds like false at first, but once you consider the amount of NFL fans that there are in the United States, it actually sounds pretty logical in my opinion. Like first Tista in 2015, there were 115 million NFL fans in the US. 7% of that is, is uh, eight, it's over 8 million. So I, I can, I can kind of see that being the case, that being an accurate number, more or less. But it is true. It is true that more NFL fans, whether you like Thursday night football or not, you're still going to tune into the game. And you could argue that more fans are benefiting from having a better game on TV than those fans that are maybe being, you know, screwed over with their travel plans, etc. Now, that is one point. The other point is this. 28 days is a lot. Like, since the 28, and I'm not saying that it's a, a lot to, you know, change your plans, etc. Because that part of it still sucks. But what I'm saying here is the games that are going to be flexed out of Thursday Night Football are the games that really, really have a team that just happened to be a massive failure. I don't think it's going to be similar to what we get late in the season where they flex a divisional game that could pivot what is happening within that division. I think it's going to happen like, I'm going to give you an example. Seahawks had Cowboys. Those two teams are expected to be, you know, in the thick of it. They were in the playoffs last year. But what if Geno Smith proves to be what Geno Smith was before 2022 and things don't work out for the Seahawks in 2023? And maybe week 13, what would that have to be? Uh, 12, 11, 10, 9. By week 8, they're 1 and 7. I'm obviously going with an extreme scenario here. If they flex that out of Thursday night football and they give us, I don't know what the week 13 schedule is, but let's say that it's uh, Chiefs versus the Chargers, then it kind of makes sense. You can see the merit behind what the NFL is trying to do. It is possible that they don't flex any of these games, in my opinion. I can see that being the case. I can see the NFL not flexing Thursday night football games at all. However, well, the rule exists. They can flex up to two games this year, sort of like an experiment and see how that goes. It cannot happen to the same team. And uh, even more so than that, it cannot be, let, let me make sure of this. Yeah, maximum number of Thursday night games will remain two per team and no team will be required to flex to a Thursday night game more than one time. So that is good, in my opinion, that is good. I still don't love it. I still don't love it. I'm just trying to see the NFL owner's point of view. 
And obviously the NFL owner's point of view is, you know, taking care of the money, taking care of the Amazon deal. And it is a priority for them to spoil Amazon a little bit, especially after a very, very sucky slate of games in 2022, in which even the commentators in the booth made fun of the games while they were calling them, which was insane. But there you go. Can it be an international game? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I'm I'm 99% confident that that it, that it cannot be an international game. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. Bruce says, but Mo Thursday games are known for sucking. Fans wouldn't know what to do about a good game. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like, if we're being real, even though we can complain about Thursday night games, what they mean for player health, whether or not they have been attractive in the past, like, let's admit it. With the primetime rule that, you know, the, the recent primetime games rules that says that not every NFL team is required to have a primetime game or the NFL is not required to schedule a primetime game for every team. We're going to get better primetime games and we're going to get better Thursday night football games thanks to that rule. And then on top of that, if it backfires in one of the week 13 through week 17 Thursday night football games suck or has an irrelevant team in it, then the league can flex it out of the primetime slot and they can give us a better game. Being fair, I can see the, the reasoning behind that. And I don't think that the reasoning necessarily sucks, even though I still don't like the rule change. And I kind of think that it sucks for fans that are planning on attending the game. Like in my case, and I know that mine maybe is an extreme case, but I think it applies for everyone who roots for a team that while being out of town. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make plans to go watch a Thursday night game if it's in that time frame. I wouldn't. Like, would you? Unless you are a guy that, you know, unless you're, you're somebody that goes to multiple games in a season. Like, for example, me being in Mexico, it would require a, you know, a traveling to a game, buying tickets, getting pretty much a five, not five days. I mean, maybe four day trip, three day trip together or am planning it, I, I, heck no. I would not do it for a Thursday night football game. Not in a million years. Even if that possibility is pre pretty remote, I wouldn't do it. Unless I lived there, that would be different. I think it sucks for, for those fans. Tyler says, I got you with the barbecue Rex when you come up. Hey, Tyler. Maybe... Maybe week two? Maybe? I'm eyeing it. I would like it. If you guys are, are in Dallas, I, I might be heading there in week two. I don't know. I don't know. Too early to tell. Too early to tell. This is just a preliminary thought, if you will. I would like it. Uh, it won't matter, Mo. The Cowboys could be 1-15 or 15-1, or and, and the Cowboys are going to be on primetime regardless of who they play. That is a fair point from Tommy, especially for Cowboys fans. It might not matter a lot. Uh, Bruce says, but Mo, Thursday games are known for sucking. Oh, yeah, I already had read that one. My bad. Stephen White says, I don't like watching football, period. Still getting commercials. John Jones says, go Cowboys. 
Uh, come to the field of game. I'll show you Phil. This is Toxic Tom. <laughs> nah, I would go to I would go to a game in Dallas if I do go this season. Uh, anyways, before I get out of here, I wanted to bring you some fun stats for you because I wrote about it for ADC Sports and the article did surprisingly well. So I figured maybe this is something that interests Cowboys fans, especially in the middle of May. Terrence Williams' season came to an end in Mexico. If you have not watched primetime for a while, you might not know that A, Terrence Williams is out here playing football professionally. And B, you might not know that there is a Mexican professional football league. But there is one. <laughs> We're headed towards the semifinals this weekend. My hometown team with uh, and who I work for too during the games uh, is undefeated. They're going to host a semifinal as the number one seed in the league. But last weekend, the the wildcard games were played and Terrence Williams' team was eliminated. Now, Williams is probably the most experienced NFL player to ever start for a team here in Mexico in the LFA, which is which stands for Liga de Fútbol Americano. I think I think you can I think you can translate that. I think you can decipher what that means. Uh, obviously Williams having started 68 games for the Cowboys, played in 83 of them. This league is mostly made up of Mexican players. On, on, there are some American players, most of which do not have FBS experience, let alone NFL caliber experience of, of that sort. And yeah, Williams helped his team turn around from a winless season to a 5-5 five and five season with a playoff berth. And he finished the year with 679 receiving yards, which was the eighth most, four touchdowns, which was tied for 14th. And he did have six drops, which was tied for the seventh most in the league. This is a 10-game regular season, if it helps, kind of like putting things into context there really quickly. Uh, I wouldn't make too much out of those numbers, though. Because they might sound like, you know, not huge numbers. But it was a very up and down season for that team. Trevon Boykin, the former TCU standout, was benched from the team. Because even though they were explosive, they just loved turning the football over. <laughs> and I just wanted to give you an update before I got out of here. <laughs> I know many of you will not care. But I thought it was an interesting fact, and you're not going to get it anywhere else. So I, I said, you know what? Let me throw that at the end of primetime tonight and see what, what people say. Toxic Tom is being toxic, and he says, who is Terrence Williams? Crazy that, that he did start a lot of games for Dallas, though. You should try out to Styler. Oh, no, man. No, no, no. No, I shouldn't. Uh, these, are, these, are, these are good players that, that play, man. They are good players. Thank you for the information, says Gilbert. There you go. There you go. Now you know, essentially. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime this Monday night. I hope that you guys had a fantastic start to the week. I hope that it continues to be the case. And I will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time. OTAs have kicked off. So one of these days, we're likely going to hear from the Cowboys coaches. We're likely going to have some media availability. And we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate you taking the time. And as always, remember that prime time is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.